0: and welcome to the Women in Leadership podcast. I'm Angie Mazzetti. My guest this week is Annie Scranton, who books guests for TV shows and media interviews. Annie's gone from working in TV in the US to now getting people onto shows. One of my goals, as you probably know, is to get more women to appear on air and on TV and radio and events. So I was keen to hear what she had to say about the deferring to someone else phenomenon that women sometimes do. Annie comes up against female reluctance all the time, even if the woman is the best person for the show. This is a typical reaction. You
1: know, in TV news, especially in cable, a lot of times if you're an attorney, that's probably good enough for you to speak on almost any legal topic because on cable news, the segment's going to be three minutes. They have to book it usually within like four hours. So they need to find somebody to kind of fill that that airspace. And I found that a lot of times, um, you know, my female clients just really need to understand that process because they may say to me, well, there's another attorney who's more qualified to speak, you know, on this than I am.
0: When you do go on TV and radio... Annie says you have to raise your game and to bring more energy to your performance.
1: If I'm talking to you right now at like a five on TV, you have to be more like, you know, a 10.
0: Annie says there's never been a better time to venture into broadcasting because there's a thirst for more diverse voices. So she's encouraging all women to be brave.
1: There is certainly a lack right now in almost all media for female voices and for diverse voices, um, so I do think it would be
0: great if women could kind of take more of that leap. Thank you so much Annie Scranton, it's lovely to have you as a guest on the Women in Leadership podcast. How are you today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Well, tell me, you worked in TV, in the media in the, U- in the US, uh, what, what did you actually do there? You were a booking agent for some of the big shows. Tell me about all that, how you got started.
1: Yeah. So I was what's known as a booker. And so I was a producer who would be responsible for finding and identifying the best guests that would do an interview with our anchor on camera. So my job was to research interesting stories, um, you know, try to intuit what the viewers of the show would be interested in and then find the best voice for those segments. Did you meet some interesting people along the way? Of course. I mean, I, yes, I met a lot of, a lot of famous celebrities and, and interesting, very interesting people from all walks of life. Um, yeah. So I had a lot of fun doing that.
0: Feel free to name drop anybody interesting that we'd know. of. Well, yeah, I mean, I met
1: Bon Jovi, um, who was one of my, who was one of my heroes is coming from, um, the great state of New Jersey. Um, and one of the the strangest but probably most fun was um the uh the madam in the elliot spitzer case um in uh in new york and um ashley was her first name and i just remember being like oh my god what a what a story that we're reporting on right now um very very different than the current news
0: cycle and right how now. did you manage to find her <laughs> was, was that your job to kind of root out really good guests and find them
1: Yes. I mean, she was somebody though, who, um, realized that that was her 10 minutes of fame. So she was easy to be found. Um, it's more, it's more along the lines of, you know, it's more challenging to get certain bookings if there's more on the line, so to speak for that person. Um, but she was trying to do her part to capitalize on her relationship the former governor <laughs> so you've
0: moved into the other side like pitching people to be guests on tv and radio and stuff like how did you make that pivot um well there was a
1: specific moment where it all happened I was working for um the network CNBC the business news channel in the US and I was working for an anchor named Donny Deutsch and his show got cancelled and I was about 28 years old I had no money in the bank, no real security. And I sent out an email to everyone I know, um, saying, I lost my job. I need a job. You know, tell me, um, tell me if you hear of anything. Cause his show had just gotten canceled. Um, and so, um, I got an email back that really changed the whole course of my career. It was from a publicist who I had booked his clients on the show with Donnie. And he said, I have, you know, an idea. Um, I have a client. He's a trader. He just wrote a book on the markets. If you can take this to any of your friends at the network and get him booked on any show on CNBC, I'll pay you five hundred bucks. And I was like, okay, that's well, let incentive. me see if I can do yeah. this. <laughs> exactly. And um, and so I I did that. I I forwarded his email to my friend who worked in the newsroom, and she said he looks great. Can he join us tomorrow? And that's was kind of my light bulb moment where I realized that um, this could be a pivot for me and my career
0: to kind of go on the other side. It's a really wake up call about the power of connections and that kind of wealth of connections that we build up in our careers. We don't even realize how valuable they are.
1: Well, I think, though, what you said is so true. It's connections are for any industry. I believe to be probably the most important component, um, when you're trying for, to be successful, um, certainly in PR, obviously it's all about relationships, but, um, your reputation and you know, your, um, how you conduct yourself and the care with which you keep up with those contacts, um, is, is absolutely, um, a critical factor.
0: And I think sometimes just having the same values, you know, someone knows your worth and your authenticity as well. I was just talking to a photographer there about 10 minutes ago and he said his followers on Instagram uh, have grown, I think, in the last two or three weeks because he's been um, posting pictures of bees <laughs> and things in his garden. He's, he hasn't got much work to do at the moment because of covid and all that, you know. So people say, oh, he's a nice guy. You know, he uh, likes nature and wildlife. He's my kind of person. So people just relate in those kind of ways, don't they? Of course. I mean, you know, I mean, when
1: I tell clients all the time, like when you're pitching the media or a reporter or producer, they're people too. They're real people who have kids and hobbies and interests and, you know, didn't maybe sleep well the night before. There's all of those components going on. And I think that's been one of the great, um, you know, assets of social media is that you're able to kind of get a little bit of that personal
0: glimpse into people and then feel like you have more of a connection. think with zoom now we're seeing insides of people's homes and their dogs and their cats and their kids and everything now in a way we never really wanted to before but it's actually interesting and people are fascinated with people's book collection (laughs) but when they see their books in the background you know again telling what sort of person they are
1: my husband and i constantly you know critique um the reporters and anchors backgrounds in their homes and oh did you see that book on their bookshelf did you see that painting um but I like it, you know, because it just makes you feel like you have more of a relationship with that with that person.
0: Yeah, just, you know, this is the Women in Leadership podcast. So just from a gender perspective, do you think it's it's harder for women to go on air or are they reluctant to go on as guests on TV and radio programs? Have you found that?
1: Um, well, I will say that um, the female clients that we've had have been. I believe to be a little more thoughtful about making sure that they understand the process and that the producers will trust that they are the best expert for that story. You know, in TV news, especially in cable, a lot of times if you're an attorney that's probably good enough for you to speak on almost any legal topic because on cable news, the segment's going to be three minutes. They have to book it usually within like four hours. So they need to find somebody to kind of fill that, that airspace. And I found that a lot of times, um, you know, my female clients just really need to understand that process because they may say to me, well, there's another attorney who's more qualified to speak, you know, on this than I am. And I don't think that that's them sort of putting themselves down it's them wanting to make sure that they're also lifting up and supporting other women who may be more qualified and as I said to just make sure that they're being as as prudent as possible um, with respect to you know how they represent themselves
0: yeah I think we've had the same sort of experience here in Ireland as well I was at a a talk about we have an organization called women on air uh, to promote more gender balance on air and the, the boss of the newsroom at the time said, you know, we can ring up a male expert and say, you know, we're doing a program, we're doing an insert on this. Um, would you like to come to the program? And they will always, almost always say, yes, what time do you want me there? And he said, if we ask the women, they'll say, well, you know, so and so, so and so, male or female is actually better at this than I am, maybe. Plus, I have to organize childcare and my hair and I've known to walk the dog. And they'll think of 10 excuses before actually saying yes. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, and that's just so true in today's world where most, you know, husbands and wives, men and women are working, you know, I, I agree with you and I don't mean this in a negative way towards men, but I think like when it comes to work, most guys are like, yep, I'll do it. I'll do it because there's sort of that implicit understanding that the, the, the female in the household is going to take care of all those other things. And, you know, to women's great credit, uh, I feel like a lot of times we know we have to take care of all that other stuff, but we're still going to get done what we need to get done or find a way to make it work.
0: Is it a good idea for women to pitch themselves and to go out and, you know, get out of their comfort zone and go on TV and go on radio? Um, if if
1: that is something that you want to do, um, but also if it is something that you know going into it that there's going to be a learning curve, um, and that it's going to be a different type of experience. Of course. I mean, but the problem with pitching the media is that if you don't take the time to really research the specific show or program that you're pitching yourself to, then you may not know what you're walking into and then you might not feel as prepared as you would like to. So as long as you could take the time to research, um, and prepare in that way, then yeah, I do think so. Um, I think that there is certainly a lack right now in almost all media for female voices and for diverse voices. Um, So I do think it would be great if women could kind of take more of that leap
0: um, in pitching themselves. I think a lot of women feel a bit afraid of the blowback they might get on social media, but generally, is it a good idea? Does it enhance your career? Does it enhance your company offering to be out there on the media? I mean, of
1: course I, I run a PR firm, so of course I'm going to say yes. Um, but in, in all honesty and sincerity, you know, the fact that we have clients for so many years speaks to the power of the media and, um, you know, going on CNN and talking about your business for four minutes can do more in those four minutes than you could potentially do with all your other marketing tactics in years, you know? Um, so 100% there's a real value in it but the other component is not just doing the interview it's making sure then that you share that interview with your entire network so that way everybody can get to see it not just the people who were tuning in to that four minute interview so you've got a wider audience than you even thought possible sometimes Well, that's, that's, yes, we all do. And I think that's also a critical component is understanding your audience and your audience is your family. It's your friends. Of course, it's your work colleagues and your work associates. Um, but you probably, most people I think feel like their network is much, much smaller than it actually is. Um, But keeping up with your network is something that you have to do on a regular basis. And it's something that you have to do with sincerity. um, Because if you're seen as being kind of like, you know, too promotional,
0: it's off putting to people. Okay, um, on I was watching a video that you did where you were a guest speaker at a conference, and you talked about being the best version of yourself you can be when it comes to personal branding. What did you mean by this?
1: Well, I think in life um, and in business, it's good to have goals um, that you're always working towards, and I think people are very much um, able to identify what they do well right now, but I, I believe that it, if that women especially need to believe in themselves, that they are going to rise to the um, foreseeable challenges that may or, or opportunities that come their way. Um, and even though perhaps maybe you haven't had experience in this particular industry or with this type of client or with this type of problem that you need to solve, you um, to to have that faith in yourself and to say well I've been able to do x y and z before so I'm going to be honest always and forthright with whoever you're speaking to that may be why while I haven't had the experience yet in handling this issue I believe I can do it for a b and c reasons
0: is it about personal growth in some ways as well
1: of course, I mean absolutely, and that's a lifelong journey. Um, but you know, without taking those sort of calculated risks, um, then you don't grow and you stay doing the same thing. And and that also may be fine for for many people who are happy and where they are and you know want more of a balance, perhaps um, you know in a holistic way, but for me I, I I just and a lot of other you know entrepreneurs and and female um you know business owners that I know they want to keep growing and evolving
0: do you think um, people put on a mask when they're on the media and do we kind of need to have our media face on or you know you know we talk about masks because of covid but I'm not talking about that kind but you know I like just um you know do you have a certain way of being when you're on tv or on radio
1: of course. Um you know, especially when you're on TV, you you have to if I'm if I'm talking to you right now at like a five on TV, you have to be more like, you know, a ten. And so because you have to draw people in and get them interested in what you're saying. And a lot of times on TV, it's the anchor and the guest in two boxes side by side, and it's not that exciting to watch all the time. So you have to use Intonation in your voice, and you have to, you know, kind of come across as having like a lot more energy. Um, you're still being authentic to who you are, but you're
0: sort of just amplifying it. And should you really think hard about what you're going to say? And I often advise you to think about sand bites because I find particularly with experts or scientists or people who are in academia, they make <laughs> things very long winded, and they don't realize the way the media is that they're going to cut that back. So you either give it to them as a small 100%. section that you're happy with or will let it off to somebody else and what advice do you give to people about bites?
1: 100 percent. i mean because those those types of guests are 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 you know so smart and so intelligent but for the you know regular person who's watching tv they don't need a, you know, a three minute explanation on the back end of whatever the issue is. So, um, absolutely. We work with our clients through media training to get them to boil down, you know, their answers and also just how they explain whatever the topic is in 20 to 40 second sound bites. Um, and, and absolutely. I think you know, especially for TV radio, you can go a little longer with your answers, but on TV, it's very quick. It's, it's very sharp. Um, and without that, it's not going to be as strong of an interview.
0: Just to get back to your own career. Um, was it difficult for you to, you know, to change from that, uh, job of, you know, looking for guests to, you know, pitching people that, you know, and, and getting them ready? Was it a different mind switch for yourself? Was it difficult?
1: Uh, yeah, well, yes, um, sure. Cause I was, you know, starting a business and had never done it before. So it was, it was, um, challenging in a lot of ways. Um, Did and it for, you? yeah, I mean it, it, It forced me to flex new muscles, you know, and to, and to just learn different things about myself and people and how to relate to them. Um, but the biggest change that I underestimated was when you're a member of the media, you have so much power and control over what content you're putting out. And for me, pitching members of the media I'm a little bit at their mercy of what they want to do and what they want to cover and so um that dynamic was one I had to get used to of like what do you mean you don't want to put my client on your show like yes put them on um but it's it doesn't always it well it it usually doesn't work that way so um that was a that was some a learning curve for me
0: did you have to become more resilient and just like if you had been rejected you had to keep trying and keep trying until you did land people A hundred percent. I mean, you know, I, I still say
1: if I send out a hundred emails and I get one booking, I'm happy because all, all it takes is one. And then you have a happy client, you know, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. And yeah, I mean, I've shed tears. I've (laughs) been angry. I mean, yeah, all of the emotions for sure, but you have to just keep going. Yeah.
0: Why are guests rejected sometimes? Do you think
1: Uh, For a variety of reasons. Um, but the first is perhaps they're not uniquely qualified. Um, perhaps they're not qualified for that particular segment, meaning that a lot of times producers will, will say, um, I need a female for this, or I need a, my, a minority expert for this. So there's those kind of parameters. A lot of times, perhaps the topic you're pitching the guest on just isn't something that the show is covering that day. And then one of the bigger roadblocks that we've been experiencing lately is that, um, a lot of the networks tend to use their own contributors, um, and their own sort of reporters and guests that they really routinely love and have on all of the time. So like if you're watching TV, you might see a lot of the same faces over and over again. Um, so you know it, from a producer standpoint, If you know you're going to get a great result by booking this one person over and over again, what's the motivation to book a new face who maybe isn't as strong of an interview? And that's where our job comes in by trying to um, let the producer know why our guest is uniquely qualified and what it is that they're going to say that may be
0: very different from the current um, dialogue that's happening. Uh, you mentioned there that they might be looking for somebody from a you know different gender or a different racial background. Are producers and booking agents getting more um, particular about having a blend and a gender mix and uh, you know a multicultural bl- uh, mix? Certainly. Yes. Over the past 10 years there,
1: I, I, I mean, I haven't studied this specifically, but I would guarantee you that there is certainly more diversity in gender, um, and, and race. Um, but I, I also think that, you know, the current events right now are also making that even more, um, noticeable and, um, every so often there are articles that point out how undiverse you know a show or a network is and and then the network will say in response we're making a commitment to x and you know they put out a statement um but you know i i always think it's something that we all can be better at doing
0: and being more conscious of now you talked about uh, your own personal branding and the things that you do every day like tweet blog particularly on LinkedIn big believer in LinkedIn as well Um yeah. read the news keep connected to the news <laughs> connect with people make good first impressions I thought what you said about that was fantastic uh, create okay. your own personal website have not come across that one before and I was really wondering how do you make time to do all that and do your job during the day do you just it's, not e-
1: it's not easy but um Ariana Huffington put out, has put, put out a lot of content about taking micro steps. So, you know, I've, I've done this and probably so many of you have where, you know, you're like, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and make all these changes. And you write down like 20 things you're going to start doing every day. And then you literally don't do any of them after like one day. And so the micro step way is just to say for five minutes every day, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, I'm going to do just one of these things, you know, or I'm going to spend five minutes a day making a commitment to do X. And if you commit to five minutes, then, you know, after a week, then add a little more time onto it and then it will, and then it will just become part of your schedule. But I also guarantee that if you took out the time you spend scrolling on Instagram, you could probably fill that with something more productive.
0: Now uh, I realize we're coming close to the end of our, our time with you, but I would love to ask you what your five top five tips or pearls of wisdom would be for women uh, who have ambition to lead or to start their own business as you did. What would those top five things be? Um, I would say
1: talk to your family and friends and ask them all what your strengths are. What is it that they love and value and respect about you because if you're trying to figure out your own personal brand you should do some research amongst the people in your life um i think that every day you should take a few minutes of time to put that time aside to commit yourself to doing some research or some aspect of how you want to grow even if it's just five minutes to start Um, i would say making a commitment to spend more time being active on LinkedIn is such a valuable resource. Um, I've seen it myself, just my business grow crazy from just posting more and interacting more with people. Um, so I would say that would definitely be one. Um, I would say also make sure you make some time every single day to also do self care. Um, because if you don't keep yourself balanced, you're not going to succeed at the other stuff. And then I would say lastly, like just to be kind to yourself, um, and don't, over don't have unrealistic expectations because this is not a you know a race it's a marathon it's all these things are that we've been talking about i think are just for you know
0: the ongoing how you're evolving over life wonderful thank you and finally what is your go-to music what's what's on your playlist at the moment or how do you get yourself motivated with a bit of music or is music important to you Of course
1: um we um listen to a lot of pop music and hip-hop music which my daughter who's almost two is a big fan of um and and unfortunately there's a lot of um Elmo oriented songs also going on in the house
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah any particular song that sticks out with you any particular artist you like
1: um, we've been listening to the weekend a lot, um, and so um, his new, or it's not that new anymore, but Blinding Lights is is has been a, a favorite in our household.
0: Great stuff, Annie Scranton. It was a pleasure talking to you. What have you got planned for the rest of the day? Busy juggling,
1: day, huh? juggling work and motherhood, <laughs> and hopefully trying to get outside and enjoy the nice day for a little bit too.
0: Well, my thanks to my guest there, Annie Scranton, on this episode of the Women in Leadership podcast. So remember, the next time you get an invite to go on air, don't hesitate, just say yes. Thanks for listening to the Women in Leadership podcast. And remember, if you like it, please like and share the podcast on social media. We're available on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and as the saying goes, wherever you get your podcasts. We're also available on the website, womeninleadership.ie. We love to hear from you, so do keep in touch with us on Twitter or via the website, womeninleadership.ie. Until the next time, from me, Angie Mazzetti, and all on the Women in Leadership podcast team, goodbye and take care.